0: You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin.
1: So,
2: ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are here to welcome the Taiwanese president, Tsai Wing Wen. Tsai ing Wen is a democratic elected president of Taiwan. And as we see here, there are Chinese protesters. And we wish one day we could elect their own president.
1: And they could protest in Beijing with Abin harassed head of government. That was Bo Cheng Shu, a community organizer based here in New York, speaking outside of the Lot New York Palace Hotel on March 29th, where PRC supporters had assembled to protest against Taiwan and President Tsai's visit to the U.S. This episode is a follow up on episode 233 that covered. Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen's 48-hour transit through New York from March 29th to 31st en route to Central America. In this episode of Talking Taiwan, I started off speaking with Tim Chung and Bo Cheng-shu about how Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen was met with protesters representing the PRC, the People's Republic of China, on the first day of her arrival in New York City. All three of us were there that day on the afternoon of March 29th at the first major site of protests, the Lot New York Palace Hotel, where President Tsai was staying. Our discussion raised a lot of questions like how organized the PRC protesters were, how did they know President Tsai's itinerary in New York? As you'll hear from our conversation, the protesters seemed to know when and where to show up to make a scene. On the other hand, how prepared was the Taiwanese-American community? What did the community do in response? And what can concerned Taiwanese-Americans do to better be prepared in the future when a similar situation arises? After President Tsai's 48-hour transit in New York, she headed to Central America to meet with Taiwan's diplomatic allies Guatemala and Belize. At the end of her trip, she transited through Los Angeles from April 4th to 5th and met with U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy before returning to Taiwan. While in Los Angeles, she was once again met with PRC protesters. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by Natoa, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. Natoa was founded in 1988, and its mission is 1. To evoke a sense of self-esteem and enhance women's dignity. Two to oppose gender discrimination and promote gender equality. 3. To fully develop women's potential and encourage their participation in public affairs. 4. To contribute to the advancement of human rights and democratic development in Taiwan. 5. To reach out and work with women's organizations worldwide to promote peace for all. To learn more about NA visit their website, www.natwa.com. Without further ado, here's our interview. I thought I'd have you guys on since, as many of us know, President Tsai was here for a 48-hour transit in New York City, and people were really concerned about what kind of reception she received when she arrived at the hotel and on the day that she left. And all of us were there. So I thought it would be interesting for us to share some of our observations. And I know that Tim actually even tweeted about this to give a little synopsis of what happened that day. So I thought maybe we could start with Tim. He came from Baltimore, drove all the way up from Baltimore, just to be here in time for President Tsai's arrival in New York City.
2: Just a bit of history. Borshing and I, we used to attend a lot of the self-determination and democracy protests in D.C. and New York in the 1990s, when Taiwan was under martial law or just transitioning to being a democracy. And then the overseas Taiwanese American community could muster easily a thousand people or so at these protests or demonstrations of support in D.C. and New York. And both of us were just younger than and supporting that older generation of leaders who are working so hard in doing that work. And I moved on with my life, got married, had kids and was busy raising my family. But then I saw a video four years ago when President Tsai came to New York City. And honestly, as a Taiwanese American, I was embarrassed. Granted, the video was from the context of Chinese people trying to do propaganda to say that. People in New York City protested President Tsai. And I heard later that there were over two buses from D.C. of President Tsai supporters that came to New York to support her from Washington, D.C. But just from that one clip outside, I saw what looked like hundreds of Chinese people screaming at President Tsai's motorcade, shouting at her to get out. And I saw one Taiwan embassy worker in the front looking completely overwhelmed, surrounded by a couple of Chinese democracy protesters getting shouted down. And so it was, I felt, first of all, it shouldn't just be a one embassy person. I wanted to be there because I still have the memories of over a thousand of our community members shouting in support of Taiwan. And it just didn't seem right that there would be more PRC people to protest her being in the United States than pro-Taiwan people To shout support for someone who's trying to make Taiwan a stronger nation. So this time around when I found out she was coming again, I was like, okay, look, even if me one person isn't going to make that big of a difference, I want to be there because I don't want to feel like I didn't do something because I saw what happened four years ago when I did nothing. And so I just told everybody I knew and I thought I was going to get on the bus to get there with the DC people. And it was all late organizing from my perspective because I, yeah, it was only a week ahead of time. I think the Taiwan embassy was trying to keep it on the low and Horsing will go in more detail. I'm only the first day. So I'll just finish my first day. And then I went back to my life and you guys took over and did a great job. I'm sure in New York city. I found out that just two days before the actual event, that the embassy was asking the community, Taiwanese overseas community to get 300 people to show up. And I talked to Sumei Kao and I talked to Borsheng then also, actually I talked to Borsheng earlier and Borsheng was already like had things going on planning. Then I also found out that the bus from DC wouldn't be able to get there at the time that President Tsai was arriving at her hotel, because again, they got the bus a week ahead of time and the embassy didn't tell The community to get there till the bus from DC had a time to leave. So yeah, so I was with the bus on DC, but me and the president of the Baltimore Taiwanese Association, he lives in Baltimore City also like me. I asked him if he'd come up with me and then we just cut out early and just we went took the full day off and just drove up because we were just going to ride the bus from D.C. Like the bus was going to pick us up halfway up in Baltimore. And then we just go on with them. But to me, it's pointless to go to New York just for the banquet to schmooze with President Tsai I wanted to be there. I was there because I was upset from seeing this four years ago. So I wanted to make sure at least outside President Tsai's hotel, it wasn't going to just be. Like that poor Taiwanese embassy guy who I saw again this time around looking a little better. Borshing knows which guy that was. He was in the black Taiwan jacket. Okay. With glasses. I think you you talked to him. I think you knew him. <laughs> oh,
0: all right. All right. But
2: I saw him four years ago in the video looking scared, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and anyways, Borshing has a lot more details than I have. So basically, just to summarize, we showed up at 2.30, which is an hour earlier than the New Jersey people were planning there. And I think portion was also planning to be there by 3.30. That was, I think, the agreed upon time. And it was just me and Chishan showing up and we just saw the PRC people starting to assemble. And then, yeah, I was pissed already, but it was just the two of us. <laughs> and so we're just like, but Chishan's a tough guy. He was ready. I thought like if it was a more fearful Taiwanese person, right? If just the two of us show up and we see a 100 pro-PRC people on the other side, they would go, wow, are we going to walk there and confront? And I was ready. And Chishun was ready too. And so we were there and then some PRC democracy guys looking really scared also were there and they approached us. I spoke to him in Taiwanese, he didn't understand, but then Chun could speak to them in Mandarin. And then he told me what they said because they were more comfortable in Mandarin. And yeah, and then they told us the people across the street are paid $30 an hour. Then I wasn't scared anymore because they don't really care. They're there for the money (laughs) outside, maybe the captain. So then we're just like, okay, just wait around until more people show up, and I'm hoping more people will show up because the two of us can't outshout that. And then Borsheng showed up next probably around 3, right, I'm guessing.
0: Actually, I yeah, was there I, like you, 2, but <laughs> I had to park oh, my car. Okay.
2: I didn't see you at 2.30. We parked our car all the way by the banquet place because we were mm-hmm. all going to the banquet afterwards, and mm-hmm. we didn't want to miss it. So that's why we were there an hour early. And then as Borshing was there, I saw him already talking to different people. I thought Borshing knew exactly what was going on. And we just sit there in support of the embassy people who also showed up outside. And then it just eventually built up to 150 people, I guess, by the time President Tsai was there and Borshing could probably talk about his understanding of the permits. Was brilliant. Maybe I'll just pass it on from there. But I thought it was a good thought out strategy that Borchenk and the embassy people had.
1: Okay. Yeah. Great, Borchenk. Yeah. If you could talk about it, I don't know. Maybe I can interject too because I think I showed up around three thirty or so, and <laughs> I showed up and I saw the huge contingency of PRC protesters, and I was so upset. I couldn't even think straight. I was like, Where's our people? And I was calling Tim and I was like, Where are you? I don't see anybody. I because I just got stuck by the sight of the PRC people and I was like, What the hell is going on? And then I couldn't even walk past them to see where our people were. That's how like upset I was. I turned around and Tim no we're here we're in front of the hotel so I had to like just walk past them and then I was like oh there you are but anyway, and also, this is something interesting to point out, right, that we had such short notice, and we had to get people and also, if people don't know, there's certain like permits that you have to get in New York, right, like sound permits and things like that, especially if you want to have amplified sound, right. And the PRC contingency, like they were organized, they had like loudspeakers, there was music, blurry, megaphones, everything. So they had to have applied for those things in advance. And so fortunately, I'll turn it over to to you in terms of what you have prepared
2: i also want to add that it was very bad music and singing <laughs> old chinese communist slogan music yeah. if you ever watched those old movies about prc propaganda songs it was really tacky bad music so anyways i'm done <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so that day actually on the day before I knew something was going on. So I decided to call NYPD. I called one of the precinct that I worked with before for the UN events. And they quickly pointed me out to the right precinct that handles the that area. So I called up the detective, and he was very kind. He was saying, okay, so are you the for or the against? Because, you know, they're always two sides. You know, nothing <laughs> in the middle. Mm-hmm. But So I'm like, oh, I'm for the president. And... So I was like, okay, he said, oh, somebody inquired about the permit. I said, I said, well, it's obviously not me or somebody from our side, because I did not know anyone that was doing something. So so I kind of negotiated with him. I said, well, what are the times that they have put in? He said, well, if there are two parties, then he'll have to cut the time. You know, they had to allow the the amplifier sound, and this is a sound device permit so i I kind of knew that the the President was coming around four ish, so I said, I could let them you know talk for some time and <laughs> just let them show i knew did, did we start about like three thirty I think we did right
2: You started at four, I think I thought it was four I remember yeah. I was standing by your speaker, and then you said you're talking to yourself, okay." It's this time. I don't know exactly what time, but I vaguely <laughs> okay. remember it's was four. You, I just remember you said, I think it okay, was around
1: four also.
0: Okay. You All said,
2: right. okay, they're off. It's our turn now. And yeah. then you turned on the power. I was right next to you when you said it's our turn now. I was like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I didn't understand <laughs> like, the whole time we, me and Felicia are there. We're hearing this terrible music, hearing them shout through <laughs> the loudspeakers, speaking random slogans, insulting President Tsai right, you know, right. in Mandarin. And and your speakers were off the whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what was going on, but I trusted you because I saw you were talking to the cops, talking right. to the embassy people, and I saw you coordinating the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But. So when you did that, and it's our turn now, I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> right, <laughs> and right. And if you
1: want to hear that terrible music and shouting, you can listen to episode 233.
2: Oh, <laughs> you like, recorded that?
1: Yeah, because we did a very short episode saying that this is what happened when President Tsai came to New York, and this is what we heard and
0: mm-hmm. things.
1: Yeah, it's a 10-minute episode.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, then people wanted a longer episodes from you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no like one wants minutes. to listen to that
0: man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to pay me thirty dollars an hour at least.
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah, I mean, like when when I was there, I I knew the people who showed up and that was doing the protest. And unfortunately, one of them is actually a, a Taiwanese person on the other side, and he is Ooh. actually. He has been doing this when he was young, and he you was know, one of those one of those earlier students that turned to the communist mm. during the the Diaoyutai, you know, okay. Diaoyutai. So, uh, I know his face. I know the, the people that come around him, and the the police. You know, I, I we always let the police handle, right? Because if they want to do anything that's too irrational, you know, the NYPD's are there to make, to hold them down. And you know, upon my arrival, my truck had five people, including myself, and plus the Speakers and all this stuff. Upon arrival, I saw there are some individuals and they are Caucasian. I knew right away they are not from here. So, and they were, I believe, Secret Service, you know, from from that end. And mm. they're just looking around and make sure everything's okay. So, we just unload our stuff I just waited for the NYPD's instruction to put where we are, and put where, we, where we'll be. So, but you know, at at the same time, YPD they are also finding the right spot. You know, they want a good distance between the for and the against group. So, we were placed right across the street from the hotel, which I think is a strategic spot because the sound can travel and bounce off the hotel. Yeah, it's always something, and and the tech people were constantly updating us. They would like, okay by about 3.30, like, you know, I think I got 3.30 thing because they they told us the motorcade is going to come from Park Avenue, which is against the one-way traffic. So, I knew that long ago and we just told everybody not to worry because I think everyone is going to worry if President Tsai has to, you know, see the protesters. But, I think she did it very elegantly, like, doing her departure. She actually waved at the protesters. She waved at them and, and, Perhaps, you know, she's kind of echoing my, you know, what I said, you know, with the microphone. I said, well, you know, these people are there to practice the value of freedom, right? If they're here to practice the value of freedom, you know, learn the value of democracy, you know, one day they could bring this value back to their homeland, which is China, and advocate for, you know, for more rights for the people. And as we know, there are tons of issues within China that that needs to be taken care of and, of course, you know doing protests is probably the one of the very last resort, and we know people disappear because they decided to take their kids to Beijing and you know they call sangfang and once that happens, then most of them do not return, or they just you know people just get ignored and we've seen like you know the slogan they were talking about you know, was a and you know oro you know Dadao Taiwan means down with what does that mean? It's it's a very authoritarian type of slogan, right? Because if you want someone to step down, you voted you vote the person out, <laughs> right? In a in a democratic society, you vote the person mm-hmm. out. You don't go bat out someone, and <laughs> yeah. and obviously that's one more that one set of value that they still have to learn, you know, by living in America, right? You know, go register as a voter. And, you know, vote in the primary, vote in the general election, and vote somebody you don't like out. You know, either mm-hmm. that is Trump or Biden, you know, whatever that is. But, and, and then the other one, they say is Han, Han Jian. And I was like, Han Jian, and I'm like, what? You know, Tsai wen she has aboriginal blood. She's not you know, like the enzyme that calls himself like pure Han Chinese. What does
1: Han Jian mean?
0: Han Jian, as a traitor, it's a Han trader. trader. Yeah, Han yeah. trader. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of things they say don't make sense.
2: Yeah. And yeah. but,
0: you know, we know they are there to put on a show. And I think the more they put on this show it irritates Taiwanese people that much more. Because during the farewell, a one of the professor back in my graduate school actually said he wants to come. If there's mm-hmm. like more event he wants to come because he saw the protest mm-hmm. during the the welcome. And he's not, mm-hmm. you know, so called a pension. <laughs> He's, you know, he's like the wise engine group. And, but he knows mm. if we don't hold on together, you know, this, this boat might sink. And uh, so, so to my surprise, he actually showed up and, uh, you know, very early on, that was Friday, right? He's saw Friday mm-hmm. for the farewell. And, uh, and I think he, he actually got to shake President Tys hand, which oh, is great. Okay. Also the TechO also prepare mm-hmm. like dance like very high top dance so that, strategically kind of blocks of your president's high to the protester so that worked out pretty well it's just that i think the the president was in the in the hotel like within like what 10 seconds 20 seconds at yeah. most yeah yeah, yeah. so so mm-hmm. it was very fast and but on the farewell she actually took a little bit more time you know she walked and mm-hmm. and kind of you know say hi say bye to everyone so back to the back to this the permit thing yeah like in, mm-hmm. in general the permit thing Four years ago, so I I share the same sentiment as Tim. But Tim, you might actually watch the video a little bit. I think the video's description might be off because Grand Hyatt was where she stayed last time. And Grand Hyatt is very special is that even though its main door is on 42nd Street, it actually had a second entrance that's on the elevated roadway next to Grand Central. So at that time... The protests were at the 42nd Street, so whichever they yell, President Tsai couldn't hear them. So I think that that was good. And uh, and when she left, she also left from also from the elevator roadway next to Grand Central. So everything mm-hmm. was everything was good. But it was just unfortunately four years ago, some of the pro-democratic Chinese activists were attacked by these protesters. So actually it was blood. And so that was kind of unfortunate. And this time, I think some of them came and, and partnered with us again. <laughs> and at least, you know, we're in the good protection. You know, there's there are a good number of us to, to voice our support of Taiwan and the democracy together. So I think it, it works out in, in general. But there are more dramas to this, right? So uh, as we know, you know, one of the person that don't like President Tsai starts to make rumors. <laughs> On mm-hmm. yes. the internet, and, and wow, that yes. was an eye opener. Really, it's basically it's just he <sighs> says, she says, right? How do you say,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Borschring, I did not know that essentially it was you that secured the permit for the sound. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that is actually more important than most people understand. That, that was crucial for silencing, essentially, the <laughs> PRC protesters. Essentially, that's what you did, because yeah. them not having the sound permit at the same time that President Tsai came in through that same entrance— meant that basically she only heard us. <laughs> they had right. no speakers to help them. So it was just their voice. I didn't yeah. hear them at all then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were yeah. so loud because right. your three speakers were just blasting like that. Mm-hmm. That was actually very mm-hmm. important to mm-hmm. make sure. Because like you said, four years ago, she didn't even see those people. Mm-hmm. This time when she arrived in that motorcade, they all knew where the PRC people were. Yeah. And if they still had the sound permit then, it would have been really deafening. Felicia's experience walking there, it would have pissed off all of them. Yeah, they would not be in a good obscene. mental state. But anyways, yeah, I just wanted to emphasize that's crucial. So what was the negotiation with the permit for you to get it at four? Because you didn't finish that story.
0: Oh, yeah. So basically, I called the police. And so he was like, oh, yeah, you know, the other side put it in first. so I had to give it. let them choose. But I kind of worked out with mm. him. I said, well, you know, I kind of know who in president is going to come and you know if we could just give them an hour and a half or hour that's fine but i want it for a certain time and so he agrees to that and gave me the permit but i also applied for a permit at the banquet site but you know less of Mm -hmm. you heard because the banquet for you know the listeners is on 12th avenue which is right by the hudson river and 12th Mm -hmm. avenue is very fast very loud and the police mm-hmm. set us aside one block away. One, we are the north side and they were the south side of the, mm-hmm. of the banquet hall. But by the time we got there, after we set it up, our first reaction was like, hmm, you know what? Maybe we don't have to be here. Because it was so loud, nobody could hear them mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right by the top. But mm-hmm. originally, my plan was I wanted to stream President Tai's speech inside the banquet hall to them
1: (laughs) wonderful wow interesting (laughs) that
0: would have been brilliant (laughs) all right that'll be cute right but you know but that did not happen unfortunately because i think they they just left about before seven
2: it was such a small crowd right yeah it was it should have been the same crowd
0: it should have been it should be the same Mm -hmm. crowd but Mm -hmm. you know the time Mm -hmm. when i was driving over there the police were actually kind of joking us. I was like, you know what? They, they beat you to it. The protesters got there f- earlier than me because you know, we, mm-hmm. we had to run to the car, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. pack up all the stuff. Move and
1: everything. Move yeah.
0: everything to, to over there. It's just like it was kind of slow because we're still discussing what to do. And mm-hmm. there were also reporters that wanted to interview us after the, you know, after the event. And it was funny. This time, I think I was, I was interviewed by two Japanese reporters and one AFP. So that's the French news mm-hmm. channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. it really, you know, the, her visit to United States has so many interests from the important medias around the world. And, you know, needless to say, when she met with Speaker McCarthy, uh, I heard there was over 140 channels or 160 channels, mm-hmm. medias. And that means mm-hmm. there's over 200 people with, you know, photographers, mm-hmm. videographers. Mm-hmm. And it really raised the visibility of Taiwan. But you know, in mm-hmm. a way, I guess it kind of it's kind of extreme. It's one way they were talking about how you know Taiwan could be the next, you know, the okay. oh, what, yeah, the next Ukraine or the next. What's the point? That point, right? Flash and, point. yeah, the flashpoint, you know, the point of escalation or whatever, and you know, whatever they say. And the most dangerous place of, on earth, right, right. But you know, <laughs> like you go to Taiwan. Said... <laughs> you go to Taiwan now. People are like, hey, you know, it's just business as usual. Right, people still yeah. go to karaoke, still go to night markets, and I think in general people have been listening to all these threats for the past so many decades, and nothing has really happened. But of course, you know, China is getting stronger. Right, China is not getting weaker. They're definitely a very important power to contend with. But we know that it, yeah, it, it gives a different different view, you know, for the for for the for the media. But you know, back to back to all those permits. So. When I got there, set up, you know, you guys all know Patrick. Patrick was like, you know, close down the shop. (laughs) Let's go in. Forget about these people.
1: (laughs) the banquet. For the banquet,
0: yeah. Yeah, for the banquet. Because, you know. I the
2: banquet hall. Yeah, Yeah, the the banquet
0: hall. Yeah, by the banquet hall. Yeah, so we pack up everything. And I found a parking spot by, you know, by tent F. And everything was good. I get to enjoy the dinner. I'm sure you all did, too.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, you know, turning back to, you know, what you said about, the bus right the bus from from dc you know when i heard they are coming at 12 my first reaction was like well you know that's barely making to the banquet barely right because if, if you take like five hours and with a stop point in baltimore and then rush hour traffic to new york city why did not you guys just oh, they, leave so early? they
1: left at 12
0: it was meeting at 12 right it's not even oh, leaving gosh. at 12 right? 1240,
2: yeah 45. But part of the problem, I'll talk to Natalie Chien. Mm-hmm. She was organizing the bus. And she right, basically right. said they, they couldn't even find a bus with a week's notice. And the bus that they usually went with, this one, they went, it was a last second bus type of thing. Mm-hmm. And when they tried to get an earlier time, mm-hmm. the bus driver was like, no. And I do think they started the planning of the bus a little late. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I read yeah. that it was meant to be a low key Right, visited. and it's probably the last visit before her term is up.
0: Well, exactly, exactly. And but you know, I at the time you when know, I when I heard about it, I said, well, you know, should it be a little bit more prepared for the counter protest because what happened four years ago with the with the protest? But you know, I said, unfortunately, they didn't really take my advice seriously. I said, hey, you know, think that, you know something is going to happen, and something <laughs> happened at the time like when she received that award from Hudson Institute. There was yes. only protested protester, but no supporter. Right. So I was wondering so that about that too, because I heard. Yeah. And they did not know. The, uh, I mean, I wasn't told. I mean, if they had told me, I'll be like, oh, I'm too tired to do it three days straight. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's the other thing. Oh, sure. the, in
2: New York. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but like you said, the, the nature of the trip is, should be low key. Right. It's a low key trip she doesn't want she doesn't want the, the commotion to come from her to be initiated from her so we see all the commotion actually started by other people
2: the, the thing that I think was okay is the only time the press reported the PRC protesters was the first day
1: mm-hmm. into
2: the hotel right and, and I, the, there was of course some Twitter chatter mm-hmm. on the other two things because the pro PRC people posted. But Mm -hmm. most of the time, people made fun of them on Twitter, right? Uh And so it got lost in the static, all the other actions. And the only other time they showed was the I saw was when she was leaving Mm -hmm. and you guys were there. Granted, not as many as probably we could have had. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there were supporters wishing her well on her Mm -hmm. way out, that's good enough. Mm -hmm. And they didn't show the protesters then, barely.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, I think there are less than twenty. There were less than twenty protesters across the street. And, at the institute? Uh, no, at the uh, farewell. farewell. Oh yeah. yeah. And actually, at that time, the police said they are just gonna have let them let the protest have fifteen minutes of chanting. <laughs> See, he's always fair, right? You know, I, I, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's fair. So yeah, so it's at fifteen minutes. I said, so I look at the watch. I said, okay, fine. Because I know who she's coming out and you know there was a little buffer <laughs> in the front and a little buffer behind you know at, at, between the time she comes in and out and I think that's perfectly okay you know let them do their chant and uh, you know let people see it and I did I just say, well again, you know I told them this is a great opportunity you know learn about democracy and freedom of speech and uh, I think everybody was happy right if they, if they were paid to do this <laughs> and uh, <laughs> fine, you know let it be.
1: And now for a short break. Hello listeners, I'm excited to share that we have a donor who has offered Talking Taiwan a matching donation of $5,000. That means when we raise $5,000, it will be automatically doubled to $10,000. So, this is a time for you to make a contribution to Talking Taiwan and help us raise $10,000. You can make a contribution to Talking Taiwan on GoFundMe.com, Patreon.com forward slash Talking Taiwan, or PayPal and Zele using our email address, Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you're old school, just send us a check to our mailing address, which you'll find on our website at TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support. All of our donors will get exclusive first listening access to my interviews with Kevin Lin, one of the co-founders of Twitch and current co-founder and CEO of MetaTheory. The Boba Guys, co-founders Andrew Chow and Bin Chen. Xinqi Yang, a multidisciplinary artist who has been inducted into the New York Foundation for the Arts Hall of Fame, and Michelle Hou, an attorney, activist, and author of Reading with Patrick, which is a runner-up for the Dayton Literary Peace Prize and the Goddard Riverside Stephen Russo Book Prize for Social Justice. We'd like to thank our first donor of the year, the Greater New York Region Overseas Taiwanese Pen Club, and all of our supporters. Now back to the episode.
0: And uh, well, we didn't get paid for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Nobody yeah, this, and
1: that yeah that brings up another topic. Going back to Twitter because Tim tweeted about what happened, and uh, unfortunately, you alluded to somebody who's spoken out against Taiwan actually used one of Tim's tweet and. Can you tell us what happened? Because I did have somebody tell me, but it was in Chinese because it was something. Like he's like a political pundit and he was saying something about Tim's tweet. In fact, he used Tim's tweet to create his own narrative about what happened on the 29th for his own purposes. We'll share a screenshot of Tim's tweet on the YouTube video version of this episode and on the Talking Taiwan website for this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think the other controversy that we we had or the person kind of alluded yeah. to is
1: mm-hmm.
0: there were only, you know, ROC flag and the USA yeah. flag. And uh, mm-hmm. so he was like, you know, what a what, I, what the, I knew the guy actually was ally before. He actually came to Taiwan center before. Uh-huh. Okay. Came to Taiwan, said his fundraising, and it was all good okay. until the time hmm. he started to, you know, go a little wacko. Now, <laughs> but <laughs> so he questioned, why are these people holding ROC flags? Because these are, you know, you would call them pangreen supporters, and uh, you know they uh, they pay to do it or something, and so he started to have all these conspiracy theory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I gotta say, those people with some kind of sane conscience that that they don't want Taiwan to blow up. That at least they know democracy and freedom is something that should be kept and cherished. Right? Mm -hmm. Keep Taiwan free. So, the ideology this universal value should be shared among people who you know, a decent human being should do that. But if you are not so decent like well, you know, because there is a Taiwanese president, therefore we want the PRC to take over Taiwan. You know, kind of that kind of expression is not so welcomed by us. But there, there are people who are like that, and so naturally, you know, we we know the external threat is getting greater and greater. And what I think, what the President Tsai or the current, even the current DPP policy, you know, is to, you know, walk in the middle row, right, and try to pull the ROC and Taiwan into equal sign,
2: one path, one yeah.
0: path, and I'm sure you could kind of agree to that, you know, although we know where we came from, <laughs> and uh, so it was naturally for these. We could call them the Pen Green supporters. I mean, they are a Pen Green supporter, they are Pan Blue supporters. But people came together because we want to show our support for President Tsai and support for Taiwan and support for democracy and freedom. So I think it's all good. And of course there are some maybe some of the, you know, our traditional supporters says, Hey, why don't you have some green flag? Well, you know why? Because I don't have it.
2: <laughs> it was. We only had a couple of days to prepare, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, And I don't want to go and
0: to the uh, warehouse and you know dig out, you know, wh- whichever that thing mm-hmm. might be. And mm-hmm. but I had some mm-hmm. key Taiwan free flag. Yes, right.
2: I, saw that. I was grateful for those <laughs> Borsheng <laughs> because yeah. I, I yeah. don't like waving the ROC flag myself. Yeah. right, right. Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I mean, at least we could get into the position is you don't have to wave the flag, but you don't have to make a scene. For yes. someone else who right. wants to wave that wave flag. flag, yeah, and right. and yes. I think that's a great breakthrough, right? You know, from the times of you know when we were doing the you know all the
2: protests. The enemy was clear then because our people in Taiwan were still being arrested and mm-hmm. tortured mm-hmm. and assassinated. But right. but it's. It's been 30 years. <laughs> it's been 30
0: years. And I mean, even until about 10 years ago, even until very recently, we still hear this, you know, that flag is not well, it, it comes from people no, no. on both sides.
2: What I'm, but the, they're not people living in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. You know? For 20 years, that flag means something very different for a 20 year old in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it represents a democratic country to them. And
1: just for clarification, that flag that Bo Cheng and Tim are talking about is the ROC, Republic of China, flag.
0: Right. And so I think in general, you know, people were not hesitant to hold that flag. Right, for the people who did right Tim, yes. you, you yes. not you, but <laughs> for many, they did not didn't have hard time you know holding that flag and a flag of URC and a flag of u s a so that was all good, but you know he, this guy made a scene about it, right he says, oh, why should why are these people doing it? Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. your time has passed, right? this is the new time. the new time is this
2: I think. It would have been okay to mix the flags too. Actually, it would have been even more yes. symbolic mm-hmm. to have yeah. pan green flags mm-hmm. next to the ROC flag. That, that works makes, was That yeah. would have been there ideal. Was some, not that Yeah, I there think
0: Quailing yeah. really was ideal. there with one. Right? Well, yes, no, I would, yeah. uh,
2: mm-hmm. That's why I stood next to Quailing, because I could <laughs> yeah, wave that yeah, flag. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like because of this experience, fortunately, <laughs> I have a whole. Bu- I went to Cincinnati. I have a whole bunch of them now. My parents' <laughs> old ones. Our communities. Yeah. The activist, Taiwan yeah. activist side of our community is not that strong right now.
0: Well, I guess yeah. we, we yeah. kind of take a backseat because, yeah. you know, now we have a very strong U.S. support. Mm-hmm. and But, you know, even with the support, we still cannot be in the U.N. So mm-hmm. that's kind of sad, right? So we still have to do that each year. But I'm yes, running out. I don't know what other ideas we can still do. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe we should do... I'm really thinking we should do, like, maybe stage a little thing outside of the office where you get your id to get into the un because for those Mm -hmm. who having a taiwanese passport you cannot go into Uh the un
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so (laughs) maybe something but yeah but in in general is i think you know what this guy is trying to make a fuss of to us is really irrelevant and Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. he actually went one step further to my Mm -hmm. surprise he started to accuse some of the people in the welcome crew actually commies he actually pointed out oh this is so and so this is so and so so he takes two pictures who kind of look alike and uh-huh. said oh this is the Chinese communist guy that you know uh-huh. flows between pro-taiwan and pro-china camp oh, so that, that what I, wow. that's what happened I yeah I but you know back to Back to this thing in general. I think, you know, tech could could have played a more active role. But perhaps they are sure staff. Or, you know, they think about, oh, okay, these are some of the things we could do. And uh, that would make the process a little more smoother. Because I was like, I was probably the only person to say, hey, should we do this? Should we do that? Should we do this? Blah, blah, blah. Nobody was like, ah, it should be all right kind of thing. Because they are probably so... Busy with whatever they're doing, and and I did say that to different different division within TECO. You know, one was you know closer to us, the other one was the kind of the national security side. Um, but you know, their their job is to make sure nothing happens in in terms of her safety. So maybe you know a protester, a, a group of protesters, is not their concern.
2: I think the one important lesson to learn from this that you're saying is that the overseas community needs to take initiative to rally support. Because Mm -hmm. I think if you didn't get those permits set up for us, that space that we occupied would be Mm -hmm. occupied by PRC protesters, potentially.
0: Potentially. But, you know, actually, if you do show up, the police will divide you to, you know, different places. And uh, the first... Uh, info that I received is they were going to be stationed across the street from Madison Avenue. On the Starbucks side. But you know of course that quickly changed. And I do notice, you know, NYPD, they don't want to move people around so much if you're already there. So so when they stood that corner, they just let them stood there.
2: The fact that they had us there, right? makes is like a chess piece that the NYPT can use as an excuse to push them further away from president tai mm-hmm, or any mm-hmm. other taiwan state visitor. Right, right. that we would expect that's why i think it's important at least from um even from a safety perspective that supporters show up. You know, right Right, right. And, now.
0: and i just think you know even some some of the people i told them i told you know whoever that invited us i said hey you are sending out these invites you call these people to come early it's well it's not my job my job right i i gather all these info, you know, all these uh, equipments of course and, and you and you know when tim you told me you have a megaphone i said hey that's great you know people when people told me that megaphone i always like okay <laughs> because we did, we need something bigger. We need something bigger. And
2: yeah. maybe... I'm, coming up from... I'm a Baltimore man. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we just...
0: All t- all Taiwanese Americans should have a, a bullhorn in their house. Yeah. That's at least rated <laughs>
2: 50 watts. All right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. We should.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just like we should all have backup flags if we don't want to wave an ROC flag.
1: Did you guys have a chance to talk to any of the passerby's? That's one thing that I also wanted to talk about was what the bystanders who walked by and saw all this commotion. Did either um, of you have a chance to talk to them and what was the reaction?
2: Well, I had more time to talk because I think Borscht yeah. was very busy organizing. Right. And right. so every American passerbyer was Very easily sold to be annoyed with the PRC protesters, because all I'd said is they are here to protest the president of Taiwan, but they can't even protest in their own home country. Mm -hmm. And they're in America being hypocrites, taking advantage of the freedom of speech in America when they have no freedom of speech back in China. And you tell an average American construction worker or something like that, they'll be like, oh, fuck you, man. But that's essentially, <laughs> yeah. But that's what he's like, you just, they're just like, what do you have to protest someone else here when you can't even? It's like they're trying to mm-hmm. shout down someone who's democratically elected. It's just an easy sell to an mm-hmm. average yes. American on the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're very confused. And plus, the music they were blasting did sound very <laughs> communist. Yes. You know, it, yeah. It, it wasn't like pop music, even though you couldn't understand it. It sounded like they were shouting these marching political slogans, like yes. the communists do. Yes. It was that kind of propaganda-sounding music, which yeah, is rating to the average Americans. Yeah. To answer your question, I thought the Americans were either amused, or if they had a chance to talk to anyone. They quickly became annoyed with them, so I think, actually, honestly, from a American propaganda perspective, it was a total disaster for them. Now, as far as how it got played in China, I don't know. Oh yeah, and of course. <laughs> they
0: just shoot. They just show the videos of the uh, of the protesters and say, "Oh, yes. how she... Chuan Fang, Chuan Fang." Man, I don't even know how to pr- like uh, translate like, that into English. Basically, it's like someone who Roams around, and not visiting oh. the U.S. And how did they come up with all these words?
2: And how did it get played out in Taiwan overall? I think Neutral Taiwan was popular? well.
0: You know, there was always two sides. Like the wind up that, that the the, the, uh, the syndicated that person's video. But uh, I think in general, uh, because the there were all over forty reporters that came with her, so all yeah. these you know went back mm-hmm. all very positively. I think, in general, it played very positively, but, you know, at the same time, my was visiting China. Yes. So it kind of evens out the, the video, and and I, I think in general, is President Tsai has done a very good job. So perhaps, you know, the people are just thinking she was just continuing to do a good job while whatever she was doing. But there was a YouTuber, I don't know if you saw him. His name is Lele Le Fali. He dressed up as a communist and then he... His, he oh, I think that he, was he, in LA. Yeah, yeah, in LA. in LA. Yeah, he dressed up as a communist and then he went into the... Uh, went into the protester squad and asked them, yeah. where do I get money after this? <laughs> you know, where to get money after this? Yeah. Wow. And yeah, so... Uh, it, it Actually, I, I believe he lives in D.C. So... Uh, yeah, maybe uh, you guys could uh, hit him up to an event, but it <laughs> it was so funny because you know he spoke perfect Chinese. This is like Beijing Chinese. It's not oh, yeah, white dude. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. has
1: to pass through those circles.
0: Right, right. So so he was talking about you know all all on on YouTube. I think the social media part of the news report on her trip probably had a greater effect on people rather than, you know, the very short standardized kind of news reporting, because, you know, how much could you see in the news, right? Three, five minutes, and then mm-hmm. it was cut off doing McCarthy and Thai meeting. Mm-hmm. So people didn't know what's going on. But, you know, for all these YouTubers, they could go on and on about what's going on.
2: I did hear that we had more people in L.A. supporting President Thai than... PRC protesters.
0: Yeah, well, the other thing, the other rumor is PRC was going to pay more.
2: Yeah. You know? I saw that rumor on Twitter that they were going to pay more and that there would be thousands of them to do yeah. direct action. Right. And I think they thought that would scare our mm-hmm. community, which I think mm-hmm. they don't understand how free speech works yeah. in America. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that yeah. mobilized more of the elders to show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and apparently, LA has a very strong Chinese democracy circle and Hong Kong circle. Huh. Compared to New York. yeah, like, Those guys in New York look pretty beaten <laughs> down. Just three guys. I was just like – but then um, I don't know if you know Garvin. He's in L.A. His dad was in Wufi also. Mm-hmm. But uh, Garvin showed up for the first – her hotel arrival. And when he, he came, he was just like, it's all pro-democracy Chinese people. Yes. There's like a 100 of them. Hundreds oh, of them. 100 yeah. plus. And he's like, Wow. Oh, no, it was Ken Wu. I talked to Ken, Ken Wu. Ken Wu, Wu right. went, to,
0: And there was a, a, a painting of President Tsai. Yes. Right? You saw that yeah. on the news. And it was... Yeah, and they were done by Chinese the... people. Yeah. I <laughs> said, what happened to the Taiwanese?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. No, they showed up later. But basically, 100 Taiwanese people showed up. Yeah. You know, and 100 plus... In the end, he said there was about 250 at all mm-hmm. of the LA events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: and, oh yeah, but I also heard like there are less people, less protesters in the Reagan Library, and Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I said because Reagan Library is a federal property, kind of. So, Mm -hmm. if these protesters have some backgrounds that connect them back to some activities that shouldn't be disclosed, that is the place they might get in trouble. <laughs> so that's why they have much less people in in the reagan library Man, no gangsters
2: know. allowed <laughs> no yeah. one with a record could show up yeah but i gotta
0: say you know i i think nypd does a better job than LAPD. all i see is these two sides they are kind of so close they are very close to up in LA. and what's, and no, what's going no on no uh,
2: metal boundary whatsoever
0: and i think both sides are putting a show you know, mm. kind of. So the people who actually stood out the most fierce are the ones, the Chinese pro democracy activists. But you know, we know we don't want anybody to get hurt, and but you know, we don't want to see people using the sticks in their hand Violet. to to attack someone, mm. right? These could be solved.
1: There was a fight in L.A., right? Yeah, uh, there was, multiple, multiple a fight times.
2: Between... I saw the videos of those fights. It was more of the. Pro democracy Chinese guys being so angry mm-hmm. at the pro CCP Chinese
0: at the China, yep.
2: and, and I felt like the pro CCP Chinese people just looking at their body language, they were actually trying to avoid them. I didn't see mm. them in LA mm. so aggressive.
0: They didn't want to fight back. Yeah,
2: they, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's almost like you know they didn't really feel passionate about anything.
1: They're being and, paid.
2: And- <laughs> So it's almost the pro-democracy Chinese are trying to look mm. like they're trying to start something. Yeah. And it wasn't going anywhere. I think they lost the their ROC flag they were waving. And I think someone mm. handed it back to them mm. from either the cops or the Chinese <laughs> side. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't want this. This is your prop, not my prop.
1: I do agree that the NYPD did a good job because yes, they really separated us in New York. They separated the PRC side and then the pro time one side and they kept us behind the middle of barriers and mm-hmm. I couldn't help thinking that day about the shooting at the urban tyrannese Presbyterian Church and hopefully that made the police more aware to be careful of keeping the two sides apart
0: yeah um, and so. yeah, yeah I actually gave a thought on, on that right you know, given that there are many of us gathering you know there be a cycle that might you know t- do something irrational but good thing that didn't you know, happen, you know, not going wood. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, things like that has to be resolved. As long as we keep on spreading the value of democracy and freedom, that's the value that everybody, any same person can agree on. And that's the path that we just need to continue forward.
2: Yeah. Well, I also say our community is very lucky that you have this experience with Permits broaching. <laughs> sure, I mean, if it's not me, it'll be I, like someone they ask. <laughs> it's not faint praise. I mean, our community's fewer and fewer people doing stuff, and I, th- I think it's crucial. Like you built those relationships yeah. from all the activities that you've planned in New York City. You know the game, and it's important. Uh, it'd be good to have more people, of course, who know the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. But yeah, you did it. I mean,
1: That's- question I have, and I don't think we're necessarily going to be able to resolve that in this episode, but it's just. Who should be responsible for this? Because Tech Row has what they think is their responsibility, but then in terms of organizing the community so that they can support whoever it is, like in this case, President Tsai Ing-wen, and making sure that we have sound permits and things like that, whose responsibility is that? Is that something that we should be looking at Techro for? Or do we have to look upon ourselves and say, we need to be more organized as a community?
0: Yeah, you know, there's a very popular buzzword <laughs> it's called SLP you know it's regardless if anybody's going to come or not i believe just filing a permit is to our advantage and we wanted to do it and make sure that it's just going to happen we just have to plan it as something's going to happen Right, if they don't come, that's fine, and we just play music or we'll sing karaoke <laughs> on the street. You know, we can sing some Ipijai, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
2: And,
0: yeah, yeah, and and then if they come, we just play alone.
2: It's almost like we need to have um, everybody in each city should actually be prepared for this. You know, we could develop yes. some kind of network, like that. yeah, yeah, yes. definitely.
0: And I I remember like in, in year two thousand, you know, when you know was elected to the presidency mm-hmm. and he came mm-hmm. to New York the year after that mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. we had meeting with Teco and uh, you know to see where we should be and mm-hmm. and who to apply the permit and things like that so that was much more smoother than this time and uh, I believe at the time the Chinese protesters did not show up as of yet 2001 but 2003 they did So in 2003, when President Chen was receiving the Human Rights Award at World of Astoria, they were outside. I believe that day was Halloween. So they were outside, you know, chanting slogans against uh, President Chen. And we did have another crew that's also outside of the uh, World of Astoria doing, you know, the counter protest. Yeah. Yeah. They actually had a little Halloween party there.
2: I think being in the United States, that's the best we can do to support Taiwan to make sure that so we have presence, a counter yeah. pr- presence right, when right. the PRC are mobilizing. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that. I agree with you on know, what you just yeah, said, Tim, because yeah. obviously we are the faces of Taiwan in a way mm-hmm. in the United States, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. that's the very least we can do to yeah. to help Taiwan to be represented or to be heard internationally, and. Of course, we wish there are more of us that, you know, sometimes willing to take a day off or two to the extra step mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to help Taiwan that much more. That little, your little step can help a lot.
1: It, it's just, yeah, these key moments that we need to have the visibility. It's just a new reality. Yeah, I think
2: that it's just strategic moments. If La yi wins in January, <laughs> knock on wood, mm-hmm. Lo Changde, I'm sorry, Lo <laughs> yeah. wins in January, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he might do another trip, and I think it's key for us to know what cities that he'll visit, and it'll be ideally yeah. New York or D.C. Mm-hmm. L.A. and maybe San Francisco. Yep. I saw those L.A. police; they have no idea how to deal with.
0: <laughs> well, they probably don't have pedestrians, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh. They had no. They, they, have <laughs> yeah. no
2: pedestrians. Good they point. had the That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they really looked like they really looked really confused. Honestly, yeah, the L.A. Yeah. police.
0: I didn't want to say Rodney King, but
2: <laughs> beat you
1: no, I couldn't help but think about that too, like the L.A. riots. Yeah, of course.
2: But they this is not that. even that. They, they—that's not like oh, five no. on one. This oh, is no. like. Oh, shoot, I have 100 people there, 200 people here. I need to separate them. Mm-hmm. And they were like deer in the headlights in those pictures. <laughs> I was just like, they had no strategy ready. They, or more like they had no equipment. Uh, some exciting. of them might be trained. Oh. If you don't have overwhelming numbers, you need the metal gates. Mm-hmm. They mm, close you yeah, in. Yeah, why didn't they right? have
1: that? I don't understand. Like, why didn't they have that? Because <laughs> it's LA. Like, those man. barricades were LA, like, yeah. yeah. Well, in New York, we're used to that because we've
2: got parades and crowds. Every event, you have out. those barricades set up. So yeah, they've got yeah. tons of them yeah. in New York.
0: The yeah. police told me there are at least, like, every day, sometimes up to 10 protests a day in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot.
1: Oh wow, okay. So all they're right,
2: used everybody. to it. They know the game, yeah, yeah, they know yeah. the strategy, they're very experienced. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah.
0: So I think all yeah. So I'll, it's I'll...
2: important for us to be a chess piece so they have an excuse to push the PRC people further away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that I think that's mm-hmm. the main thing people should take away from yeah. this. Yeah. Is yeah, like, yeah. we're not going to necessarily change anyone's mind, but by us just being there and you applying for that permit, that mm-hmm. secured a space for us. To make sure yes. that Tang Nguyen wouldn't get yelled at on her mm-hmm. way into her hotel.
1: <laughs> and also contain them a little bit.
2: Right, right. Yeah. And I think it was cute yeah.
1: you
0: know, when she waved at the protesters for a brief one second.
2: And, but if we had the numbers we had in the 90s, there's no question those PRC people would be out by Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. If we had the numbers, then they would be pushed even further back. So yeah. I think... Mm-hmm. Um, From the perspectives of people who might listen to your podcast, Felicia, they should Mm -hmm. know that showing up for these protests are good for the security of President Tsai and for the media spectacle, more important than Mm -hmm. the banquets, honestly.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: No one cares who's in the audience in the banquets. Yeah. The cameras are all focused on President Tsai and her speech. Yeah. But then the chance for you as a Taiwanese American or a supporter of Taiwan's democracy to make an impact is actually on the streets. It's not going to be yes. at the banquets. Yes. And I was actually very disappointed that a lot of people I knew at the banquet didn't bother to go to the protest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or to the well, support. Yeah, support. I know the time but, you know, like also. like you were saying, Borsheng, we can count on techro wanting to keep it low-key, but if it's a high-profile pro-Taiwan politician coming to the United States we can count on PRC protesters being there so mm-hmm. we should just plan on having support people there right, right, Yeah. definitely
1: yeah. thank you so much both of you for taking time out of your schedule to be on Talking Taiwan
2: thank you for having us thank again. you for having us and thank you Borsheng for being such a skilled community organizer <laughs> yeah. yeah. well, I need all your support
1: I've been speaking with Tim Cheng and Bo Cheng Shu about Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen's transits through New York and Los Angeles at the beginning and end of her 10-day state trip to Central America to meet with Taiwan's diplomatic allies Guatemala and Belize. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by NATOA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. Natoa was founded in 1988. To learn more about Natoa, visit their website, www.natoa.com. Now it's time for you to show us some love. We just found out that you can rate us on Spotify. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There will list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking
0: Taiwan is brought to you by forumosa.com.